Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for May 3rd, 2020. Um, it is Sunday afternoon, a glorious day in New York City. Um, been in the backyard for much of the afternoon, uh, which has been great, except I was wiped out around lunchtime and I realized it's the allergies, my allergies, and I didn't take any Claritin or anything today. And man, they really wipe you out. I couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't move for a couple of hours. And then I felt guilty for wasting away a precious weekend day. But so then I've been outside for a couple of hours and um, come inside to record this. Um, yeah, that backyard of just doing more endless loops, walking around the little backyard. But it's great. Um, just being able to stretch legs is um, is just <laughs> quite the. Uh, I just. Good fortune to have that. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, another week um, in our lives here. Let's see. Um, been running every morning still. I'm waking up earlier and earlier, which is great. Um, I've, I've become sort of addicted to waking up early and addicted to getting out the door as early as possible and not <laughs> and seeing as few people as possible out on my runs. Um, a couple of times this week, I got out around like five, five thirty, five, five thirty, five thirty-five. It was pretty amazing. And since it's um, May, and since we're in the in the eastern end of the eastern time zone, it's of course already starting to get light by then, which is kind of annoying because it, I would truly have feel a great sense of accomplishment if if it were dark the entire time I was outside. But um, it's mostly dark when I leave and then it you know very quickly becomes light um, but yeah so on one of the days I was actually I left a little bit later than usual which was like 6.30 and um, you know at that point it's like it might as well be mid-morning it's so bright and so I went running and I decided to keep a running tally in my head of um, who was wearing masks out in Brooklyn Bridge Park and who was not, and who, which were runners and which were walkers and which were cyclists. And um, no shame because um, clearly the publicly uh, disseminated information is, is contradicting and people don't seem to know what the actuality is. Um, my personal, I wear a mask, um, mostly because as I've said before, I can't deal with the anxiety of knowing that somebody is is going to like approach me or attack me or something. So I, I just wear the mask. Um, I do. I have like taken to pulling the mask up when there's literally no one in sight, and not only that, but no one potentially in sight. Like if if I'm approaching a corner, it comes down. But if I'm on some long straightaway, like Furman Street, and you can see anyone coming and there's no one there. Um, I will pull the mask up sometimes. Um, the west side of Hicks Street, which I run up a lot, which is probably the least trafficked, both car and pedestrian <laughs> wise, um, stretch of road in the Cobble, the greater Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens metropolitan region. Um, I will allow myself to pull the mask up there. Um, but mostly I keep it down so that um, I don't have to mentally worry about somebody talking to me. But anyway, so on the morning this week where I was Tuesday or Wednesday where I left at 6:30 and I got to I got to Brooklyn Bridge Park at like 
And I was in the park for about 30 minutes, I guess it is, running all the piers. So, oh, I put this in my notes, 429. So I guess that was Wednesday. All right. So during that, during that morning in the park, uh, I, I ran by 27 runners. Um, not directly. Sometimes they were like, you know, near enough by. Like we never actually passed each other, but I counted that just, you know, because I'm just assess, you know, amassing data. So out of the 27 runners I saw on the morning of April 29th, 19 were in masks, which I thought was um, a pretty good percentage, especially because that early in the morning there aren't that many people there. And you would think that some people would take advantage of that fact to not wear a mask, like even at all. And some people did take advantage of that. Um, and for walkers, uh, 26 walkers, so essentially the same amount of people, and 15 of them were in masks. Um, so a little bit, a little bit uh, smaller number than the runners. Um, and the cyclists, I don't think I saw cyclists, but I, you don't see cyclists that early. Um, but when I have, uh, I've mostly seen them wearing masks. When I don't see masks, are um, the cyclists that like kind of ride for leisure in the middle of the weekend day, and um, I see them because sometimes I just step out the front door and just look out, <laughs> look up and down the block just to step outside. Um, uh, and um, yeah, I was gonna say that I noticed something about runners when I go earlier too. So Thursday morning, the thirtieth. I was thinking that I would do it again, but I was like, ah, it got so annoying. And at one point, like four different people passed me in 10 seconds and I had to keep the, you know, like I was like, you know, 14 out of 21 runners, uh, you know, 10 out of 19 walkers. I was trying to keep it all in my head and it gets really difficult to do that. Um, So I I wasn't going to bother on Thursday morning, but it was so much earlier that I hardly ran by anyone. And... um, if I remember the numbers, which I didn't write it down, it was uh, there were there was the masked percentage was smaller, and it was something like thirteen or twelve, thirteen out of twenty runners, and like um, twelve out of nineteen walkers or something. I guess it's actually similar, but um, but um, I did notice that the masked runners came later in my run. So the people that are out super early, I think, are people that like go out early enough that they think it's um, so empty enough that they don't have to. They don't feel they feel like they don't have to wear a mask, which I think is probably fine. Um, and I applaud them for going that early because if you're out running by like five thirty, I think if you've ever been out in the park at five thirty a.m., I mean, no one is there. It's really nice. So I I don't begrudge people doing that. Um, Again, my personal opinion is it probably seems like if you're at an off hours place with a, huge, a large amount of room, you'd, you would be fine not wearing a mask. Um, again, I do it more as a partially a courtesy to people showing that I care about them. And even though I maybe don't know what's going on with it scientifically, um, I'm, fine with, I'm fine with covering my face for the greater sort of mental good. Um, oh, and by the way, anytime that I'm out and in the neighborhood for any reason beyond <laughs> beyond running at 5:30 a.m. I'm absolutely in a mask um at all times but I do I do think um you know there has to be some give and take with like what we expect at certain times like um 
Well, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything. I like I, 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 all of us. I guess all I'm saying is that like when it's when it's five fifty a.m. and you're not wearing a mask and you're running, um, I think you're fine. Even if I'm not. Even if I am wearing a mask, um, just don't come near me. Um, which people don't at that early hour. So anyway. I'm still processing what I think about all this, and I think the best way to do it is just I'm going to do what I do, wear a mask, and not worry about it, like not worry about others, um, um, which is easy to do when the only time you go outside mainly is um, before the sun comes up. Uh, let's see, store-wise, I have, I have been... I went to East One Coffee again yesterday, so that was my only time in a place of retail all week. Um, it was after my run, which on the weekends I sleep in, not by choice, but just because I actually allow myself to stay up later and then I can't really wake up at 4.30 a.m. to get ready to run. So, um, But I went to East One and I was the only person in there and um, you know, I just love going there so much back in the old days, two months ago, and... Um, it was so nice to see like the people that worked there who I don't know by name, I just know by face. And I asked them which coffee I should buy, saying what I wanted, and they recommended one. And I bought a coffee and I bought two chocolate croissants, one for Oliver yesterday and one for him this morning, and bought Julie an iced coffee. And um, yeah, so it was nice to be in there. Uh, I haven't been in there when it was crowded. Somebody came in while I was being served and they waited, you know, they were masked obviously, and they waited behind me. Um, a decent amount of space. I I don't think it was six feet, but um, you know, it was like I'm just looking what four feet, four five feet. Uh, maybe it was six feet. I don't know. I'm not good with that. Um, but yeah, and then I was just like, okay, that wasn't that bad. And got back. You know, I dis once I got into the open the front door in the mud room, I disinfected all the stuff as much as you could. Um, and then I was like, okay, later tonight. Um, I'm going to the fruit stand, which is always kind of a precarious thing because um, it's tight in this fruit stand, and if somebody else is in there, you, you just gotta like know you're gonna pass people, and you just you know put it out of your mind and get your shopping done as quickly as possible. But uh, we need grapes and fruit and vegetables, and we need a lot of things. And um, I think Julie went to park the the the, the um, organic grocery store once this week, so that was our one grocery shopping outing this week. Um, so yeah, I have that ahead of me later. We'll see. So what else happened this week besides me obsessing about masks at 5.30 in the morning? Um, so I did another remote recording for my friend Gavin Tabone's um, elementary school choir in Austin, Texas, the Barton Hills Choir. Um, we did the Grateful Dead song, Cumberland Blues. So he sent uh, his piano, uh, which was done to a click, I guess, and I played drums to it, and there was also a mandolin player, guitarist, and Adam Roberts from the Brooklyn Bowl, who does their um, schoolhouse rocks shows. He actually directs it nationally, although he is out of work right now because there are no shows. Um, Adam Roberts did his part in Manhattan, where he lives, and I got that was on Thursday that I recorded, and yesterday Gavin finished it. He posted the video to YouTube, and it's like. Six of his students and the four of us players, are, and it was—it's awesome. It's amazing to like. Now in this quarantine, I've like played drums on two tracks. It's really funny. Um, so that was fun. Let's see. In general, I just miss 
all the people I play with. Um, I have a running text thread with the I Get Wild band, which is also the three ring bender band. And so my friends Ray and Annie and um, Steph and Jeremy and Mike and and it's just such a positive, fun thread. And basically, like every couple of days, someone says, "I miss you all," and then we go into this long, hours long sort of, you know, very casually updated thread of awesome stuff. And yesterday, we were discussing the REO Speedwagon um, album "High Infidelity," um, which was fun. Uh, and then Garden of the Ark, which is obviously dormant only because we're all in our own homes, but. Baxter has been sending over these demos of like bass and vocals done to a click and two awesome new songs and also um, a dead cover, uh, which he is not a deadhead, but he admires them, but he's never really listened to them. And I suggested an offbeat dead cover and he was so into it. And now he has suggested a second one and it's, I will talk about it more later when more gets discussed about it internally, but it is such an awesome thing and I'm so excited. Um, so there's that. And then the other musical thing is Grateful Dead Night is returning, which I think I mentioned last week, but we're going to be doing it on, um, it hasn't been announced, but it looks like Thursday, May uh, 14th, Thursday, May 14th. And it's going to be done with Relics Magazine and their like platform that Pete Shapiro did or something um, where they do these streaming things and... It'll be kind of like text interactive and it's going to be really fun. It'll be me and Scott. Um, Bradley can't make it um, because he's so swamped because he is a school principal. Um, Happy National Principals Day on Friday, Bradley. And um, Daryl Norson is doing the artwork, the cover, and some some graphical elements. And Michael Arthur is going to live draw. And I think it's going to be freaking fun and awesome and you know even if it's just a small amount of people and it's like some of our like friends um i just think it'll be nice and it's a fun thing to do you know so anyway thursday may 14th um on fans.com i think that's it but it's basically like um the relics magazine fans platform whatever that is i mean i know what it is but i've never never really done anything on it ah let's see moving on to oh well, I've already blabbed a long time. I'm not going to go into this, but we're starting to think about getting a car, which is annoying. And I know, I know it's like, you know, cars are the devil, which they kind of are. But um, it's more for a thing for like, not for everyday use, obviously, but just for like being able to travel once things get less restricted in, in terms of like going upstate or going to, you know, Maryland or whatever. And, um, you know, we thought about it a couple of years ago, but didn't just the our needs didn't justify the expense. But now it's like, well, Oliver's a little older; he can actually do things like hike, and maybe it would be nice to do that. And, um, you know, when you have a kid, you kind of often need things to bring along in a car. I don't know. Part of me is ashamed because I've not had a car my entire adult life, but and I, I wear that as a badge of honor, but. You know, sometimes also for drum gear, I'm always like at the mercy of lifts or Ubers or friends, and it would be nice to just be self-sufficient. But anyway, so that's another thing. And then like today, I randomly read a Wired magazine article from two months ago about like how bad cars are again, which you know obviously they are. But it's just like, oh, I'm reading this this article right when I, we're thinking about actually maybe getting a car. I don't know. There's all these weird things where you can do like leases that are three months long, like short-term leases. It's there's all sorts of like 
the new car economy has like sprouted all of these different ways of like acquiring the use of a vehicle. It's interesting. You could just buy a car, you could lease a car, you could buy a new car or used car, lease a used car. You could do these short-term things. You can zip car actually was worth we were trying to see if there were any like COVID-19 changes to zip car because um because ideally we'd like to know the history of a particular vehicle. Like when was the last time somebody else drove it? But Turns out they don't offer that. I don't think, but um, they have all these new, like you know, instructions and regulations about coronavirus, and you know, um, you can actually rent a particular zip car from Monday to Friday, and it's like only you will have access to it. I don't know how they make that work, but um, because, but yeah, that's some new thing, which is interesting. Anyway, moving on to audio. Let's see. I have no idea what time I started speaking, but moving on to audio. Um, let's see. I started re- listen, with this whole getting up early thing. I've been listening to the New York Times Daily podcast, which is hosted by that guy Michael, whatever, who has like the Uber podcast voice, which is very annoying. Which is very annoying because on the podcast we are speaking to blah, blah, you know it's like that, which kind of makes me you know makes your skin crawl, but. Um, it's a good little short podcast, and um, I do f- feel informed listening to it. Uh, so I've been listening to that. Uh, my friend Jason Lawrence, um, who's an excellent drummer, who is part of our Three Ring Bender crew and is old, fr- old friends with Ray, and um, he's uh, the drummer with Heather Woods Broderick and um, Jesse Marchant and a lot of others. He started a podcast called Behind the Stream, which I've not listened to, but I did just subscribe today, where he uh, and a guest will discuss... Um, Old albums, like you know, not random old albums, meaning like there's no rhyme or reason. I think, and um, I'm excited to listen to that. Uh, Today in the backyard, I was listening to the new Jerry Garcia band official archival release, which is nine sixteen eighty nine, Poplar Creek, Illinois. Uh, It's this like fall run, or this like September run in eighty nine, where Clarence Clemens was in the band for like a week. like he was just like said, oh, he, he he sat in for a week. It's not like he joined the band that was kicked out after a week. He sat in for a week, um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, I like Clarence and I love him and Bruce and I've heard him play with the Dead and Jerry in the late '80s and early '90s. And um, you know, it's just that he doesn't compare to the other great sax players that the Dead played with in the '90s. Like, whoa, what was that? Something clicked up here in the basement. Um, anyway, he's no Branford Marsalis, he's no David Murray, he's no Ornette Coleman, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's just Clarence, but um, it's kind of fun to listen to. Um, let's see, today, or this week was like the 25th anniversary of the release of Alien Lanes by Guided by Voices and Stephen Hyden. Uh, my friend Steve Hyden wrote a very, gr- put together a great oral history in Uproxx, and if you're at all a GBV fan, it's like essential reading and it's like all things GBV it's like incredible inspiring and like completely hilarious um let's see what else to talk about except just being home all the time um Oliver's still doing well with school um some classes (laughs) get worse some are better art He's never been the biggest fan of art class in general, but he's loving art now. And he's like, I don't know, there's something about like the dynamic of the art class on Zoom that actually agrees with him. You know, it's a little thing where like teacher gives out an idea, discusses an idea for five minutes and the students go do it and come back and show it. And he he loved it. So art's going well. Um, Work is still very, very busy, but um, 
feel like I got sort of on top of some stuff this week. Next week is very busy too. We're launching at least one major thing, if not more. So I'm a little stressed out about that, but I um, think we'll be good. Um, and I think I'm going to take a day off or at least half a day off at some point, which I realize like I've only used one half day of vacation in 2020 and it's like May 3rd now and I could really use it right now for the mental break. Um, and so we discussed it at work and, and like everyone was encouraged to go ahead and take a day or half day, you know, if they need it. And I'm like, you know what? I do need it. And I think everyone does. So maybe the week after this week, I'll take one, but it's too busy this week. I, I would be too stressed out to enjoy a day off. Um, let's see what else. Still rereading Fifth Business. I'll talk about that more next week. But um, ooh, Robertson Davies is such a great writer. E- even in a drama, even in a serious novel, his turn of phrase is so funny because he's so observant. Which is you know the great talent of of novelists is 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 the observance of human human nature. Um, the one thing I'll say is he talks about like the narrator talks about his like his boyhood in um, this very small town in southwestern Ontario, and and the narrator discusses how like you know small towns aren't that much of a like you know they never felt they were inferior to people in big cities. Um, there was a rich variance of life and personalities and intelligence and. Um, political spectrum and religious spectrum and so he got everything they needed in a small town and um you know they were just like he was like you know don't look down on us because we 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 had as much as you did and then the very last <laughs> the very last sentence of the of the chapter though he says we did however look with pitying amusement on tiny bowls corner down the road, which had like 100 residents. And they then he says, you know, to be from there though was like really bad, which is very funny and observant. I hope you followed that. If not, you should read the book. Um, it's better than my audio book version. I guess that's it. Um, yeah. Did I drink beer this week? Yes, I did. I drank... Um, more of the heady topper and more of the constant disappointment from Threes Brewing, which is just outs- an outstanding IPA. Oh my goodness! Um, and they have a new Pilsner collaboration that I did not have, I did not get yet, but I will get in my next order. And my friend Baxter texted me to say it was excellent, which I'm not surprised. Um, all right, so this has been episode 44 of the Conrad Life Report. Sunday, May third. Um, another day in paradise. Uh, Stay safe, reach out and say hello. If anyone wants to do a beer Zoom or something like that. And uh, yeah, stay safe and talk next week.